Hello, fellow tiny human docs. We'd like to welcome you to our 14th episode of Peds in a Pod. We're your hosts, Ashley Grigsby. And David Rayburn. And we are officially residency-trained emergency medicine and pediatrics doctors, I guess. And this is our board review podcast, focused on high-yield review topics for the pediatric boards. So after the completion of episode 13, Ashley and I graduated, as she just said. (laughs) Um, So Ashley is actually currently working in community practice in Arizona, but I think still seeing plenty of kiddos out there. Um, And I am still in Indiana working on an EMS fellowship, also seeing plenty of kiddos. And we are T-minus 27 days from the pediatric boards. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. <laughs> I hope that all of you are not terrified because you've been listening to us, but it's scary. It's a lot, of, a lot of stuff to learn. Yep, the goal is to listen to this and be less terrified. So hopefully we can practice what we preach. All right, back to business. Uh, we follow the outline and study recommendations from the American Board of Pediatrics content outline for the general pediatrics board exam. We have a great lineup of topics today. today. So we're going to be sitting down with Dr. Phipps. Well, Dr. Wagner is sitting down with Dr. Phipps to talk about dermatology. Um, We're also going to be talking about oncologic emergencies with Dr. Severance. And your hosts here will be talking about some neonatal topics. So look forward to all of that. Milestone Minute is going to be changing formats a little bit. They're going to do some board style uh, scenarios to help you find those tricks when they're trying to give you tricks for uh, figuring out how old the kiddos are. And then, uh, of course, cootie shots will be uh, present this month as well. Do we have any more shots to cover? Not any individual shots, but we're doing some kind of like weird things they like to test on boards. Um, we did a Splenia last last episode, but we got I got some I got some plans. All right, all right, I like your plans. All right, so make sure to check us out on Twitter at Pete's in a Pod for additional pearls and content updates in between episodes, um, and definitely reach out to us if there's any content you want us to work on for future episodes. And I think that uh, I'm gonna let Ashley reveal if she wants to a uh, work in progress for Pete's in a Pod moving forward. You know, I think we can all. This is what we'll say: we're working on some other formats for you to get your Pete's in a Pod fix. And uh, we will be, when we have more information, we will definitely be putting that on our Twitter and also, of course, through here. But stay tuned. All right, fair enough. All right, so let's get this episode going with a case from way back in residency that Ashley had. Okay, David, you don't know this case and you don't even know what we're going to talk about. So we're going to play a little game. Okay? Here's the deal. This is the case. She's 10 years old. All I know is she was going to get ice cream with her family. She's coming in by ambulance. And she had a cardiac arrest in the back of the car. That's it. That's all I know so far. Well, that's that's terrifying. Right. EMS tells us, hey, we're going out to this code. And they call back and they're like, we're coming in. She was in V-fib arrest. She's 10 years old. V-fib arrest. They've gotten pulses back, but she's not super with it. Okay. Well, well V-fib, arrest, V-fib arrest is always better. Than a, than a PEA arrest? Is that what you're comparing correct, it to? Exactly. Yes. Or, or an asystolic arrest. Yeah, right. Um, but do you think it's weird that a 10-year-old had an a- V-fib arrest? Uh, that's definitely not normal. That's su- super concerning. Yeah, usually it's like old people who have V-fib arrest. Like, this is something's weird about this, right? Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? 
it's the heart, I bet you. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, this 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 10-year-old girl comes in um, by EMS. She's had a, an arrest, but now she has Rosk. And um, I intubate her immediately. And we are getting ready to go to the scanner to see if there's something in her head or what's going on. She's got a normal pulse. All of her other vitals are okay right now when she gets to our ED. Right before I take her to scanner, I decide I'm going to look at her heart real fast with the ultrasound. Total crap. Okay? Mm. She's got, like, no squeeze at all. Zero. Like, she has some, but it's really crappy. So I take her over to scanner, and I have our staff. He calls. He's uh, He goes ahead and orders up some milrinone and epi so that we have it if we need it because her heart sucks. And uh, she coded again in the scanner while I was next to her. And it sucked. And we shocked her. And she got better. She got her pulse back. <laughs> and we ran to the we ran to back to the shock room. And do you, what do you think she had? Um, if I mean, I'm working through my differential in the heart, so there is certainly something going on there. Could be electrolyte stuff as well. But honestly, I don't know. This was myocarditis. She had actually been. Uh, she had been there a couple days before for a viral syndrome. And Ooh. then um, she, her parents said, actually, she's been getting better. She's been getting better. And then all of a sudden, she just died in the back of the car. And that's crazy. That's, that's actually normally how it goes, though, with myocarditis, yep, right? Like, yep. you don't know anything's wrong until something's really wrong. Exactly. Now, I, will, I am very happy to say that she ended up on ECMO, and then she was taken off ECMO a few days later, and she left the hospital normal she did Ooh, really great saved. she did great um which is not very common but we are going to talk about myocarditis i think this is actually a great thing to talk about in this format too because you don't think about it right no. like it's way down your differential and i'm sure in your case you initially weren't like oh this is probably myocarditis the only reason I thought it might be myocarditis, which is why I did the ultrasound, was because it was V-fib. Now, V-fib, VTAC arrest in a kid should make you go, what the heck? Okay, like that is not normal. Uh, that's really normal in adults, but not in kids. Um, and so that was really the big, that was what tipped me off, is that the EMS was like, no, for sure, this was V-fib. And she was shocked out of it. And then I saw her in V-fib, and she was shocked out of it. So I think that was the big um, the tip off for this case. What but, did her EKG look like when you finally got an EKG? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember. Well, per per the study guides, uh, it says that there will be diffuse low voltages on well, EKG. There, I think there can be, right, if there's like a pericarditis kind of or a, or a fusion. But if there's not, I think you can also have a normal EKG in myocarditis. Yeah, that's fair. But it... I was just saying that it, the study guide said to consider diffuse low voltages in myocarditis because pericarditis is going to give you the diffuse ST segment elevations. Yes. And like you said, a fusion, a pericardial fusion will also give you low voltage. Yes, that is true. That is true. Um, these kids often have tachycardia. That can sometimes be their only um, chest pain. Tachycardia can be their only symptom. So just... Be wary of the, the non-explained tachycardia. Typically caused by Coxsackie virus, I think. Yeah, I think you're right, which is kind of weird. It's like a weird virus. Um, and the treatment is? ECMO? Yeah, apparently. No, uh, like supportive. Supportive, very, very high supportive care. And uh, yeah. 
they usually will get, if you can get them through it, they usually do great and their heart function comes back. Well, that is reassuring and, and both terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's terrifying All to right. be working out here, but that's a good one. That's it. It is. All right, let's get going. This podcast is focused on providing you with the content relevant for the pediatric board exam. The ideas and information provided by the participants in this podcast may not reflect the academic institutions they are affiliated with and, again, are to be used for education purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be used in the place of clinical judgment or as a diagnostic tool. We also know that there's new literature published daily, but unfortunately the board exam content can lag behind this sometime and not have up-to-date information. We cannot cover everything in this podcast, and it is not all-inclusive, but we do hope that you learned something to help you on your board exam. All right, let's dive into this next episode.